On today's show, we're going to be talking about the R-rated DC animated movie, The Killing Joke. KB and I, on the final countdown, we're going to be ranking the top 10 notorious Batman villains. And speaking of KB, he has, I guess you could say, a little bit to say about the Batman versus Superman movie. All that and much, much more on the Arkham Unleashed edition of Free Your Geek. By the power of Grayskull. It's about what's fair! You thought we could be decent men in an indecent time! But you were wrong. The world is cruel. And the only morality in a cruel world is chance. Unbiased. Unprejudiced. Fair. Oh, you think darkness is your ally? You merely adopted the dark. I was born in it, molded by it. I didn't see the light until I was already a man. By then, it was nothing to me but blinding. I was wondering what would break first. Your spirit? Oh, your buddy! The guy that hired news. They'll just do the same to you. Oh, criminals in this town used to believe in things. Honor. Respect. Look at you. What do you believe in, huh? What do you believe in? I believe whatever doesn't kill you simply makes you stranger. And welcome to the Free Your Geek podcast. I am your host, Jay Free, and on my side, once again, the co-host, you know him as KB. What's up, what's up? What's going on, dude? We have an awesome show today. It's another themed show. Uh, You know, it's going to be more Batman-themed, Batman-villain-themed. So we have we have a couple different things on the on the plate with that, and uh, we have some things we're going to be talking about, some news which you probably already know, but we just want to discuss it a little bit. And uh, we got an, a very cool final countdown. Uh, the final countdown today is the top ten uh, Batman villains that we enjoy the most, and I think it's kind of cool because we'll talk about this a little bit later during the final countdown. But we are coming. We're both approaching and ranking our list in different ways, which I think is actually very cool. Yeah, I mean, this is a really exciting show. Um, so Jay Free is going to be ranking his list based off of comic book character, you know, his comic book knowledge, and I'm basing my list off of more video game movie knowledge. So it should be an interesting um, 
be interesting to see what the differences are in our list. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I think that's, you know, again, with this whole theme about, you know, the Batman. I see you're wearing a uh, particular shirt. You're Arkham wearing Asylum. the Batman, Batman Arkham Asylum. I got, oh, I got this with the game, man. Nice, nice. I'm actually rocking a Batman animated series villain T-shirt. I'll put that up on the uh, the Facebook page and the, and the Twitter, um, and uh, we can check that out. And speaking of, we'll, we'll plug it again toward the end of the show, but we now have a free Your Geek Twitter account, so feel free to... Uh, Follow us, and we will be tweeting out the, the shows and different news pieces that we see throughout the week to that Twitter account, as well as our J Free the Geek website. But we'll get to that toward the end. We have another segment with that. But um, hey, KB, uh, do you want to discuss anything, or do you want to get right into the industry news? Uh, nothing right now, but I, I do have some some thoughts on that. You know, that whole Batman versus Superman thing. Oh, you do. Oh, right, yeah. Well, we'll have to get to that. But before we do that, let's uh, let's talk about some industry news. All right, on the docket for today, um, for those listeners here, uh, KB and I both watch uh, the TV show Gotham. Um, KB is a bigger fan of it than I am, I believe. I think we talked about this. I think it's fun, but it's a little over the top and cheesy. Mm-hmm. Um, where KB, KB, I think, how do you how do you feel? I mean, I, I know you you're constantly telling me, oh, did you see Gotham? Or you, you know, I, I I think it has a lot of good drama in it. Like I know it's over the top and cheesy to maybe people who are more fans of of, of the comic books and, and all these villains throughout the comic books. Um, but as far as like a TV show and in, in, in a drama, I, I think it has has a lot of really good drama. Yeah, so. my my only drawback is like, and I think I've told you this so many times by the time bruce wayne actually becomes batman yep. all of his villains are going to be in the nursing home yeah the timeline's a little a little but silly. other than that i think you know i love what they're doing with um uh with the guy i can't think of his name out robin lloyd uh, mm-hmm. taylor who plays the penguin yeah. oswald cobblepot he's a, it, that's a thing like he, he he plays the penguin the way i i think of the penguin. he's amazing yeah. he's amazing and uh, the guy playing uh edward nigma the riddler yes also amazing the two like those two guys make the show like i know they tried to focus yep. it on jim gordon but i'm kind of like past that no now. It, it it really is those two guys and robin lord taylor he he his penguin is amazing. unbelievable amazing yeah. and and this season season two of gotham was very uh they called the rise of the villains i believe yes. is what they called it yep. um and that's pretty cool because they focused on a lot of villains they brought in um uh, what were the two main characters? Mr. Freeze. Well, Mr. Freeze, obviously, yep. um, they brought and in him. Hugo Strange. But, I mean, they started off with G- uh, Galvan and uh, Tabitha. And yep. I, I love, I have a huge Good crush girl. on Jessica Lucas. Yep. I, I love her. And she. I, to see her on Gotham, I'm like, okay, that's cool. Yep. Um, they're really cool. They turned him, spoiler alert, if you haven't. Uh, Caught up on your Gotham. Yeah, ca- catch up on Gotham. I mean, the, the season's been over for, like, almost a month now. Go catch up on it. Galavan, they turned him into a version of Azrael, which is really, yeah. really cool. And it was a good-looking Azrael, too. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it. And then Mr. Freeze, as you mentioned. Yep. Um, who else? Firefly? Firefly's back, yeah. Um, yep. Did they did introduce anybody else, to, to your knowledge? Um, uh, this season, not really. It was Hugo Strange. They, they, and, yeah, Hugo Strange. Big, yeah, big, big, huge Batman villain. Yep. Uh, played by B.D. Wong, yep. who was Law & Order. Oh, B.D. Wong, is, he's so good. He was great. Good. He, he so immersed good. himself in that character, yeah. and it was amazing. It, yeah. Yeah, he did a really, really good job, and um, they kind of introduced Clayface toward the end a little uh, bit, a little bit, yeah. and Killer Croc a little bit as well. If or we are assuming it's Killer Croc, but that brings us to the industry topic: What is next for Gotham season three? What villains are we expecting to see in the third season of the Gotham television series? Well, <clears throat> if I can clear my throat, 
via comic book resources. Uh, in an interview with CBR News, what can viewers expect about Gotham Season 3? Executive producer John Stevens revealed some key villains that are on the way to the series. And he quotes, We'll be seeing the Mad Hatter in Season 3. We'll be seeing the Tweedle Brothers too, so that's Tweedledee and Tweedledum. If we're going to be bringing the Hatter in, we'll be seeing them. In line with the Court of Owls, we'll be seeing Talon, which I'm very excited about personally, as an aside. And then he also goes on to state, we should be seeing Solomon Grundy. That's and he, interesting. he mentioned all of this during the season two finale uh, to comic book resources. So thoughts, um, I don't know how familiar you are with either the Mad Hatter or the Court of Owls. I know you're, or even Solomon Grundy for that matter. S- Solomon Grundy to me, is, is, isn't he more of a Justice League enemy than a Batman enemy? Yeah, I think in general, like they kind of brought him in. They did a version of, yeah. of him on Arrow a couple seasons ago. Yeah, I don't ago. think of him as Batman, like a, a main Batman yeah, villain. Yeah, I mean... He he was in the video games though, yep. uh, yeah. and I think I think uh, he's got a really cool backstory. Like uh, it's you know Solomon Grundy born on a Monday, killed on a Tuesday, whatever. That I don't yeah. know the the exact thing, but it's like he keeps rising from the yeah. dead, and that's he's like a he's almost like a DC version of a zombie, mm-hmm. which it's it's kind of cool. Like he's this unstoppable force because you can never kill him, you can never stop him, and he'll always rise again. So I think it's pretty cool. I'm curious to see how they do yeah. that and if they're gonna take a. a, a you know any particular stab at that but what i'm really excited to see i'm really really excited to see the mad hatter um again going now that they're kind of turning the corner with uh, cer- certain people um that were you know uh patients i guess of uh, hugo strange now they have yep. superpowers and he's giving them their own yeah, backgrounds yeah and the, stuff. O- the only the only thing that's kind of weak with hugo Sh- hugo strange is the um the fish mooney thing bring this fish mooney character who's not a, a, a comic character right she's a she's a show character if i if i'm correct um she's just who's a part of it like you know she touches somebody and can make them do what she wants it's kind of kind of just lame and yeah so i don't know if uh, jada pinkett smith is actually signed on for season three i'm assuming she is I, based I on they so. brought her back yeah. but i mean she left after the end of the first season she didn't seem happy with the role but now yeah. she's back so I'm just curious if they if they if it creates a great dynamic between her and the penguin mm-hmm. because they they kind of came to blows at the end of the first season yeah. and you know they barely had any screen time within that last episode of season yeah. two so if season three leads to her back and leads to some more cool scenes between her and and Cobblepot I'm I'm down for that yeah I, I'm always curious to see where the penguin's going in this show because like you said like he he makes him and Enigma make the show yeah I just think the, both those actors just the way they just take the the source material and they kind of throw themselves into it. Yeah. Like they lose themselves in the character and yeah. that's really, really cool. Yeah. I really like that. I, I mean, uh, Robin Lord Taylor even has the walk down. Yeah. That, that well, walk. I mean, they, they, they alluded to that when they brought, they beat him up in the first season. Yeah. But yeah, absolutely. I, I think, you know, he's, he's so awesome. Uh, I think he's coming to uh, comic con this year. In That'd Rhode be Island, awesome. So I think I, th- I'll have to double check that and check my facts, but yeah, Go on to ricomiccon.com and uh, and check that out. Um, other than that, any other villains that you can think of that we haven't seen yet that you'd like to see? I I, I want to see. Well, it'll probably be a while though, as Harvey Dent emerges Two Face. Yeah, which will probably be a while though. Yeah, so so they've they've introduced Harvey Dent as a character, and but they kind of they yeah. kind of showed the fact that he's got almost a split personality, but. They haven't really gone too far, far with, with it, no, yeah, yeah. to make a pun on Two Face, but yeah. they haven't gone too too far with that. Um, anybody else in particular? Uh, I, I'd like to see another another version of the Joker. 
Because we, oh. we see spits of the Joker throughout the past few seasons. Well, people really like kind of gravitated toward that Jerome character, and yep. they were trying to um, really talk about his his origin as like Jerome. Yep. And you know, the the one thing is that um, the Joker really has no origin. That's 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 the thing that I really like yep. about the Joker. Um, and Jerome might be coming back. Maybe he is going to be a version of the Joker. Who knows? Because toward the end of the season finale when again spoiler alert if you haven't seen it uh, a bunch of inmates escape that Hugo Strange has been doing experiments mm-hmm. on and one of them they don't show him from the front but from behind he looks he has red hair just like Jerome did so yeah. I think people are really excited because they think it's Jerome um, so that's kind of interesting um, but you, it's, it's funny you bring up the Joker because that actually leads into our next segue called the next episode previously on Lost my name is Barry Allen, and I am the fastest man alive. Hold up. episode is actually something that's actually coming to DVD and digital download in about a month's time. So uh, I believe it's coming out in July or August. I think last week of July for digital download, first week of August Mm -hmm. for uh, DVD um, and Blu-ray. Who really buys DVDs anymore? It's all going to be Blu-ray. But KB, I know you, you recently read the graphic novel, The Killing Joke. DC is releasing an R rated version of the cartoon, or or the graphic novel as a cartoon, right? They're animating it. it it's, it's really interesting to see what they're going to do with this thing. And the very cool thing, Mark Hamill, Kevin Conroy yeah, are doing the voices, voices of the Joker and Batman. So for those fans of the animated series, it's going to be heaven for them. And, and the games. And the games. Yeah, because those guys That's true, that too. too. If, you, if, you're, if you're more of a, f- a fan of Batman from the video games, other than the uh, Arkham Origins, yep. I believe it was the you know, Hamill and Conroy were the voice cast for yeah. all the other games. And uh, just found out recently, a couple of days ago, like a day or two ago, they're doing a one-day release in the theater, which I think is going to be huge money for them. Is, is that going to be like all theaters, or is that going to be like, like yeah, se- it's, selected? So they're going to do probably, probably selected, probably right? selected, but it's yeah. going to be a one-night only event. That's and interesting. Like, that's that's going to bring people. Yeah, out. Do we know how long this thing is? Uh, I don't know, but if it's close to, I'd probably say it's close to an hour to an hour and a half. Mm. You know, it's a DC animated worth, flick, yeah. so. Um, we actually have the let's trailer. See. If you want to listen to the yeah, trailer, yeah, let's let's check it out. I want to talk. <laughs> been thinking about you and me about how this is going to end about who will end up killing who perhaps you'll kill me perhaps I'll kill you you know that don't you What I'm doing here? 
Dude, Hamill is killing it. I, I love it. Just the voice acting has got oh, me excited. Oh, man. Just he gets, hearing that trailer has He me gets excited. so into it. Like, Mark Hamill is like an uber nerd, you know, like like us. Like, he's yeah. he throws him. I, I know I've said this a couple times, but he's another one. He just basically, like, encompasses that character. He encompasses Luke Skywalker. Yep. That's Those are the two things he's going to be known for. Like, <laughs> when I think about the Joker... And, yeah. and I know you. we've talked about this before. When I read the comic, I'm not reading it in my own voice. That's how he sounds to yeah. me forever in my mind. When I'm reading a comic book, when I'm reading uh, you know, an actual novel or, yeah. or a book that somebody's written or, or any type of thing where I read something in the Joker's voice, it's that Mark Hamill voice. And it's the same thing with Conroy for Batman. Yeah, I you agree. It, I agree. It, it, every time I read a, read Batman in anything, it's, it's, it's always his voice. So it, they're amazing, those two guys. No, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm, I'm very excited for this. It's going to be rated R. I, um, I, I would almost like to see, you know, not that they could act it, but even if a live movie with them as the voices. Oh, that would be kind of fun. That would be fun. I, I just wonder if that could ever happen. Uh, maybe. Cool. So but just uh, before we... we Get too removed from this though. The, you did read the uh, the yeah. graphic, oh, yeah. the graphic novel. Yeah. What were your thoughts about that? Um, you know, it's it's like you and I were discussing. You know, like you said, this is kind of the the origin story that most people probably take for the Joker in in the modern time. Yeah, it's 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 probably the best origin story. But the thing you got to keep in mind is that's not even canon yeah. as far as the comics are concerned. Because similar to the Dark Knight movie, um. Batman the Dark Knight with Heath Ledger the Joker tells his origin story about how he gets his scars yep. a number of different stories he tells on yeah. how that happened so there's there's no one specific Joker origin story but I think that one on the killing joke is the one that's most uh, accepted I guess yeah for, for the, yeah um in the, in the 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 edginess of it is not traditional it, it doesn't seem to be like traditional DC which is great about it. Well, yeah, I mean, it was written. It was written by I think, Alan Moore. Yeah, too. yeah, and that so. he's, uh, you know, the uh, the the cool thing that I was I was in doing the research for this. Uh, I read The Killing Joke, and I read. Did you reread it? I did sure? reread it. I, yeah. I reread it actually this morning. Um, it was interesting because then I started doing some more research, and I realized the version that I have, and I don't know if the version that you have uh, that you read, they've actually edited it from did supposedly they? what was supposed to be the. I don't even know if the original. Uh, art made the first run of the story. Okay. But so obviously for those that are unaware and haven't read it, and if you haven't read it, come on, but spoilers, yep. this is the storyline that even though it's not the necessarily the official origin story of the Joker, it is canon in the sense that this is how Barbara Gordon gets paralyzed and mm-hmm. becomes Oracle in the comic books. The Joker knocks her at her door while she's there. Her father's visiting her and he shoots her right in the the stomach yeah for like well the yeah stomach, right the pelvic the area spine, right right yeah. through the spine yep so then they beat the crap out of jim gordon and then the artwork shows the joker undoing her shirt undoing her bluffs see and I, they didn't show that in my version they show the nudity not not the full nudity but they show you know the glimpses of her being well that, not not yeah but in the first few uh panels of the, the before they even get to that you're, you're talking about when they uh, jim gordon sees the pictures right no 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 i'm talking about like when when he i think i think when there, there's a there's a i think there's a panel or two where she is naked but you can't see anything you know right crazy. but they, they show like the the unbuttoned blouse or whatever yeah, yeah so then later on in the comic in the graphic novel jim gordon 
is kidnapped by the Joker. The Joker's basic plan is to drive Jim Gordon nuts, to make yep. him understand, and you heard it in that trailer, anybody can have one bad day. Yep. And that's the whole thing. He wants to prove that Jim Gordon could turn out just like the Joker did. Yep. Um, so what he does is he has jo- uh, Gordon kidnapped, and he shows Jim Gordon the pictures that he took yep. of the naked Barbara Gordon. Going through the dog. carnival ride. Right. Yeah. Do they show anything in your comic about that? Yeah, they, they show that, yeah. They do. They, they show the pictures. They do show They do. Yeah. yeah. The one that's bit. supposedly unreleased, breasts are in full display, like full body. Yeah. That, oh, they, I didn't see that. No. Yeah. So, so basically, they, they that was the original. They ended up cutting it because they said, you know, we don't necessarily have to show this because, you know, you get the idea just from yeah. the other pictures, but which is... You get the point across right. without having to, right. to do that. Um, but I thought that was very interesting that they went with that choice and they didn't want... Like, I don't think DC... Has they ever really shown nudity other than maybe The Watchmen? Uh, um, a little bit? A l- probably a little, like, you know, depending on when the, the books were written. Yeah. I think any time from maybe like 2005 on, they have not. Yeah. But anything prior to that, not that they'd show like specific nudity, but they'd always show like, you know, like side boob or like, you know, a butt or something mm-hmm. like that. But nothing Nothing, nothing crazy. crazy. Yeah. Um. So let me let me ask you your opinion because you you read this recently you read yep. this within the last week yeah and it was your first time reading it It was my first time reading it yeah do you think the Joker took any liberties because that's the whole debate is did he take any liberties with Barbara Gordon or did he just strip her and uh, take pictures because that's that's the debate that's going on I don't think he did I, I think he's too he, he is so focused on his own insanity in his own plan and driving Jim Gordon crazy and and driving Batman crazy like like that's his goal you know I don't I don't think that taking those liberties is something that uh but if he's doing it to take pictures to show Jim Gordon he's he's actually showing look at how I took advantage of your daughter I think that would be even more powerful personally to to your point actually it's more powerful that he doesn't show those pictures because it leaves Jim Gordon wondering oh that's a good point see I think counterpoint KB just won that argument. No, I, I was going to actually agree with you though. I don't think he took any liberties. Yep. I was just trying to play devil's advocate. Because there. think about it is, and in, in, in I'm a father too, so I can have a, I maybe have a little bit of a different perspective. Because if I saw pictures like that, I'd be, you know, it's like, oh, what did he do to my kid? Versus actually seeing them, or did he do it? Because the mind will run away more than the actual. You know, you have an image in front of you. It's like, oh, that's what happened. But if you kind of tease that this might have happened, the mind goes and just starts, um, you know, just starts going you crazy. You couldn't see that, but he was taking his fingers, fingers and like and spinning my head. Yeah. yeah. But but the mind goes a little <laughs> this crazy. Is, this is not a visual podcast. Though, <laughs> we forget that all the time. Yeah, We're both we, guilty. of. Yeah, this. We, we talk with our hands sometimes. <laughs> but yeah. So. Um, so, yeah. So it was definitely, um, I, I think, more more brutal. The pictures were just what they were. Yeah, I'm just curious to see what the movie's going to do and how how bad. What is it going to do to deserve the R rating? Because other than like the nudity, it's not really. I mean, the violence maybe. And it's not. It's never been. It's never been a story that Batman Joker as a whole with is cursing. So it's not like it's going to be like an Afro samurai thing where there's cursing and blood all over the place and like you know what I mean. Um, so it, it is a good point. You know, maybe, maybe the nudity is the part of it that that gives it that rating or maybe it's just going to be the violence i don't know yeah but to definitely be interesting to see i i can't wait speaking of cursing uh <laughs> how do you feel i i know we kind of touched upon this before you said you had something to say about the uh the uh the batman and the, the superman batman versus superman huh <sighs> yeah yeah you know 
that movie's been out for a long time now. It's it's is is it, is it out of the theaters completely? I hope it is. I believe so. I, yeah. I think we're sparing the rest of the world from that atrocity. Um, but you know, we hear critics talk about this movie a lot. I mean, the critics just destroyed it, and rightfully so. But you know, the movie still made hundreds of millions of dollars, and and we get raped basically for these bad kind of movies. Um, you know, and I feel like we a lot of people got taken advantage of. And, and, you know, you read all this stuff, but you don't really get... Nobody really shows their emotion about it. Um, but here's some of the stuff that the critics said. Listen to some of this. The Wall Street Journal. The Incredibles without the fun. Chicago Tribune. Humankind deserves a better blockbuster. That's a good one. Toronto Star. It should really be called Batman and Superman versus the audience. I like that one. That, that, that was a good one. New York Magazine. Very simple, I like this one. A, a storytelling disgrace. <laughs> New York Times. It is about as diverting as having a porcelain sink broken over your head. <laughs> you know, so these are the kind of things that, um, you know, that that the critics are saying, and rightfully so, because, Jeffrey, you, you know, you and I both watched this movie. You've seen it in the theater, and you were the unfortunate one to yeah, pay I, for this thing. Yeah, I paid for it. I didn't love it uh i think i gave it a four out of ten uh roughly like a little less than average um i had some issues with it but it sounds like you have uh, i i just i just think that this movie just just is such a disservice to the dc universe and you have dc you know they're getting ready to start their cinematic universe and this is how you start it with something like this you know it's not like marvel where they where they slowly you know brought in you know the, the iron man movie the thor movie the captain american movie and built up to the collaboration of the Avengers. They're doing it in reverse. They're like, okay, let's do all the collaboration <laughs> stuff, and then we're going to do it's, the individual. It's asshat backwards, and it's 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 freaking ridiculous, you know. Um, and and the fact that you know all the fans of Marvel got this great freaking movie, you know, universe, and the DC fans got what this, you know, what kind of crap is this? Um, so, <laughs> I I I just have some things that you know I I just got to get off my chest about this movie. So, you know, I, oh, God. First, I'm going to start off with the characters in this movie. I like Ben Affleck in this movie. It's the one thing I will give him credit for. I thought he was going to be a shitty Batman. But he ended up being a, a decent Batman. But what the fuck is up with all the dream sequences? You know, you see Batman as a kid being flown out by these fucking bats. He, what is he? He's on the rise? You know? Uh, the branding iron. What? What is up with the branding iron? What is he? Fucking herding cattle? You know? What is he? Got a, got a, got a Texas, Texas cowboy hat on with spurs? I mean, come on! This isn't Batman! And Batman just doesn't kill so recklessly. You know, you ever hear of an EMP, Zack Snyder? Doesn't have to blow up a car. EMPs, you know, electroshock, you know, that will shut down the cars and stuff like that? No, we gotta blow them up. And what the hell's with all the guns? The, 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 the sniper rifles, the machine guns, and the other fucking dream sequence that was out there. Hello? Uh, tranquilizer dots? Anybody? You know, so... Batman just, he has, he has a more of a, he, he doesn't kill so recklessly. It just drives me freaking crazy. And what the fuck was up with Wayne Manor? You know, the Batcave thing looked really, really awesome. You know, when, when, when he's driving the Batmobile and he pulls in, and that, that looked perfect. But he drives by Wayne Manor, and it's like, freaking destroyed, what happened? Did the goddamn big bad wolf come and huff and puff and blow the fucking thing down? Where are the three little pigs running out of there? We need to see that if you're gonna do that. Oh, man. 
And then Superman? Don't, don't, don't even get me started with Superman. This Superman is such a fucking douchebag, man. This guy cares nothing about anything around him. You know, he cares more about what people think of him than the actual people himself. I have never seen such an unlikable superhero. It is absolutely insane. He's such a douchebag. All he cares about is Lois Lane and his mother. He doesn't give a shit about, you know, what anybody uh, is going through. And he kills with no conscience. You know, when he kills the freaking uh, uh, the terrorists in the beginning, he just fucking freight trains them. <laughs> God knows where the guy's body ended up, you know. Instead of just flying and disarming him, you couldn't do that. You know, and then, ugh, man, then we finally get to hear Superman's side of things. What happens? The courthouse that he's in fucking blows up. Why? Because the plot demanded it? Like, where is this character? He's like non fucking existent. And now speaking of the fucking courthouse blowing up, don't get me started on Lex Luthor. You know, Jesse Eisenberg. Oh my like, what is, they made him out to be some kind of wise ass, you know? He, 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 Lex Luthor should be kind of this quiet, crazy, you know, the guy you look at, who's standing there and you're just like, oh man, oh man, you know, that guy kind of creeps me out, you know what I mean? Because he's evil and he's quiet, he's that quiet kind of crazy. This fucking guy rambles on about Jolly Ranchers. Like, what the fuck is up with him? You know? It just, in the goddamn hair, the Catholic priest would love this guy. You know, I, like, I just, I just don't get it. And what is his goddamn motive for killing Superman? Does he not like his tights? Like, we don't know. They never tell us this crap. And freaking, oh, the alien spaceship. Oh, my God. You know, when when, when he's he, he's getting onto the the, 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 the the Kryptonian spaceship, he just walks in. He just walks into the goddamn thing. There's, like, no security system. What? Kryptonians didn't invent LoJack? Like, what the fuck? There's, he, he, the ship just does whatever he says. And then he gets this magical idea, right, to take his blood and mix it with Zod's blood. Like, and that's, that's, that's making Doomsday? Oh, uh, Zod must be glad he's dead because he doesn't have to deal with that baby mama drama of freaking, <laughs> of that Lex Luthor. So, it's just fucking, it, it's just crazy. It just drives me fucking mad. Next question. To spare or not to spare? What the fuck is up with Lois Lane and the goddamn Kryptonian spear? First, she doesn't want the spear. Then she's like, oh, wait a minute, I have to go and get the spear. But I don't think she even really knows why she's getting the spear. It was just so Superman can save her? What kind of shit is this? Like, who thought of this crap? And then, oh, and then the, the, one of the biggest freaking things, one of the biggest problems is basically, you know, when, when, when Batman seems to instantly forget why he wants to kill Superman. Why? Because... He's about to kill Superman. Superman goes, My mother, Martha. Martha, really? Martha, that's the ultimate twist. You know what, Snyder? Take a fucking look at Civil War. Now that was a twist. It, Martha? Really? Is that the best you can come up with? Oh, man. And then Superman's death? Don't even get me started on that. Why are we starting something where it's kind of like the end of a story? You know, it's the end of the Dark Knight. It's the end of, you know, the death of Superman. We're, why are we starting a cinematic universe at the end of, like, these main stories that we know? Like, it just makes no goddamn sense. I gotta take a second. Oh, all right, Katie. You're, you're, uh... You're, you're really pissed. We're doing some, uh... Some therapy here. Uh, I'm gonna have a fucking heart attack. I, mean, I, I, I got more. I gotta get off my chest. Oh, you want? You got more? Uh, yeah, yeah. Nolan and Snyder need to pay for this. I'm sorry. Round 
You know, fucking Snyder. You know, Snyder is the reason, and you know, to hell with DC, you know, because they fucking did this shit. You know, they gave Snyder and Nolan the, res the responsibility, and Nolan I usually trust, but Nolan's dropped the ball on this shit as well. Like, Snyder, you know, he's responsible for most of it, but Nolan was still the producer on this. Don't forget it. We all love Nolan because of the fucking, you know, the Dark Knight trilogy. We, we definitely love him because of that. But, but, Jimmy Olsen, we hardly knew you. You know, it's funny. Jimmy Olsen, you take the third most important character in the Superman universe and you kill him five to ten minutes into the movie? Are you fucking nuts? So, here's, here's a quote from Snyder. Listen to this quote. This is how idiotic this guy is. We don't have room for Jimmy Olsen in our big pantheon of characters, but we can have fun with him, right? So he's just having fun with one of the most important characters in the Superman franchise. So somebody who could really, really be beneficial to the DC Cinematic Universe. And you just throw him out the window because like, oh, we can have fun with him. What the fuck? And then, and then, uh, Snyder and Superman's death. Listen to this quote. Now, this is a pretty long quote, so it, 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 it's going to drive you a little crazy. But So here's a quote from Snyder, and this was from ScreenCrush.com. It was pretty early, and Nolan and I had a long conversation about it. A really great sort of philosophical conversation about it. He was really cool because he played an amazing devil's advocate about why not to do it, and then in the end was like, no, you're right, it's better to do it. So Nolan, if Snyder wants to bust a nut in your mouth, all he has to do is talk you into it? Is, 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 that, what, is that what this is about? Like seriously, like, how did you be so irresponsible and let this guy do this? You gave us a Dark Knight trilogy for Christ's sakes, which was great. Where, where is your guidance on this? What is wrong with you? You know, so then they go on to say, so, so then, um, you know, Snyder goes on to say, one of the big things, and this is the reason, his, his reason for killing Bat, uh, Superman, um, one of the big things I wanted to make sure of was that as we went into the Justice League, Bruce Wayne was the one who was gathering the Justice League. Thought it was really important to have Bruce Wayne be the samurai. Bruce Wayne's a samurai? Like, come on, you compare Bruce Wayne to a samurai? Who goes and finds the other samurai. That, to me, was important. Why? So he says, and with Superman around, it's kind of hard because Superman's Superman. So it's kind of hard for Bruce to be like, yeah, I want to put a Justice League together. And it's like, okay, but maybe Superman should be doing that. Is that really reason enough to be killing fucking Superman? Really? So Batman, who's the kind of, always kind of the organized kind of guy, wh why does Superman have to be dead for him to put the Justice League together? It makes no goddamn sense to me, what, you know, whatsoever. Um, so... <laughs> I, I just, I just can't anymore. I, I, I can't. I can't, man. I, I can't. I, I, I can't. Okay. Just, just finish this crap. Finish him. You know, I didn't even see the fucking movie, and I want my $15 back. I bootleg the motherfucker. I want $15 for that two and a half hours of my goddamn time, and you need to send Jay Free $30, because he actually paid for the fucking thing, and you need to send $30 to everybody else in the world who's seen this. And you can make our checks payable. You can send them to 59 Media Studio. We will be more than happy. I, I, I need that 15 bucks back. You know what I'd rather be doing? I'd rather be constipated for two and a half hours, because at least at the end of trying to take that shit, there'll be some relief. There was no relief in this movie. It was bullshit. I would rather, I would rather get punched in the nuts five times over. It would not be as painful as watching this crap. And the last but not least, you know what? You know what? I have this crazy dog, man. My, my dog, he goes out in the yard. He has a hard time taking a shit. I'd rather be standing outside in the winter in four feet of snow in 20 degree weather in my fucking boxes and my dog for two and a half hours cannot decide where to take a shit. And not only can he not decide where to take a shit, he goes, he squats down and he says, oh, I don't want to shit here. And he goes somewhere else and then squats down again and says, oh, I don't want to shit here. Just teasing me and fucking mind raping me for two and a half hours. That's how I'd rather be doing that than watching your piece of shit 
goddamn motherfucking movie. Done, son. KB, that was, that was, you, you, you got a lot off your chest, man. My doctor could read my, take my blood pressure right now. Well, we're going to be going out with this. We're, we're going to take a break right now. We'll be back in a moment. We'll be getting into the final countdown. All that, you still have that to look forward to on Free Your Geek. Before we do that, some Batman, the animated series villain themes. Welcome back to the Free Your Geek Podcast. 
That was just a combination of all the different villains from Batman, the animated series. Each one of them had their own theme. And I just thought that was a nice little segue, a nice little way to calm down. Uh, KB just had a very cathartic experience, getting a lot of shit off his chest. I feel better, man. Um, I just now I need to realize that I should be certified in CPR in case he has a heart attack. Um, so with that being said, uh, how about we go on to our last segment, uh, what we like to call the final countdown. The final countdown. So this is where we take we take our rankings of whatever the subject matter might be, and we do either a top 10 or a top 5 or on a random occasion, a top whatever, and we rank them based on our personal enjoyment. And since this is a theme-based show on villains or adversaries of Batman, we've talked about the villains of Gotham, we talked about the killing joke, we talked about Superman being an adversary, so now we get to rank our top 10 Batman villains. KB's going to start off with his honorable mentions, kick it over to me. I'll do my honorable mentions, and then we'll start with number 10 and work all the way down to number one. So KB, what are your honorable mentions? Um, I actually got four of them. Um, it, it is tough. Like you said, you know, even it's, it's so funny because like we say, we're coming from two different um you know, you're more of the comic side and more of the movies game side. And it was still tough for me. And you were ranking more from the video game yeah, side. Yeah, yeah. And it was still tough for me because there's still so many. And that's one of the great things about Batman's universe that there's just so many. Um, Hugo Strange is one of my honorable mentions. Um, I just, it, maybe it's because B.D. Wong's character is, has left a really good impression of me, on, on me of that. Um, he's always making monsters. He's very diabolical. Um, I, I just, he's so, he, he's an evil genius and ruthless. And, and that's what I love about him. Um, Solomon Grundy. Uh, Solomon Grundy, again, just kind of see him in the in, in the videos. Just the whole idea of his character is pretty cool. Um, I left him out just because, like I was saying earlier, I think he's more of a, a, a Justice League character. He's been a nemesis to a lot of other characters. So um, that's kind of why he's in my honorable mention. Um, Red Hood. Uh, the Red Hood, just the, the, the persona of Red Hood, it, you know, it kind of, it's, it's very similar to the Joker as, you know, like you say, there's so many origins of the Joker, you know, there's so many origins of Red Hood, um, and, and just the, wearing that hood is like, it's like charisma and leadership that, you know, people just seem to follow who wears the Red Hood, um, from, from what I've seen, um, I know like in Arkham, that's kind of how it was, uh, when there was a Red Hood gang, um, and this one, this one I really like, and, and people probably don't think of this one, the Joker's daughter. Uh, Dula Dent, who, <laughs> yeah, who, who was not a, in the video games, by the way, but, but that's good. No, it's good that you, you have a, a whole, like, you know, you said you're, you're looking more at the video games, but even going from a comic book. Yeah. Yeah. D Dula Dent. I, I, there was, um, there's, there's Dula Dent, but now there's a, well, this was back probably about three or four years ago, but there was also a, a one shot kind of a reinvent of the Joker's daughter where there's this girl and she finds a Joker's face and she wears it and, and takes on the Joker's persona. And it was really, really good. And I think she was actually in one of the Catwoman issues um, a little ways back in the new 52. Um, so, so yeah, so the Joker's daughter just, you know, as insane as the Joker. And, and it kind of has that, that uh, Texas chainsaw vibe to it, you know, like wearing the face and yeah. going nuts. Yeah. So, so that's kind of different to me. So um, yeah. So those are my honorable mentions. What are yours, Jay free? Uh, okay. My honorable mentions. I, and I have a ton. Um, 
I'm going to start off with Deathstroke just because he was primarily a Teen Titans villain, but he has been a thorn in Batman's mm-hmm. side, and he's a great villain, but I just I see him more as a Teen Titans. Um, I also group Harley Quinn, the Red Hood, and Catwoman all together. Now, technically, they're all villains, they're yep. all, but they're all morally ambiguous because they're kind of anti-heroes now. So, yeah. Though they're still a thorn in Batman's side, and, and they cause him trouble, and they all often find themselves at odds against one another, they're not necessarily villains in my book, so I've kind of excluded them for the list. Yeah, I think Catwoman especially. Yeah, but again, she's a thief. Yeah. She steals. Batman has to arrest her. It's, yeah. a, it's a whole thing. Yep. Um, Killer Croc, Hugo Strange, Black Mask, Clayface, Mr. Jaws, the Mad Hatter, the Penguin. These are all villains that I love, but they didn't make my top 10. It, it, and it's funny because I'm not giving away my list, but a lot of those are probably Which is, which is yeah. great, which is yeah. great. So that's, you know, and just to you know, wrap that <laughs> different up. Different perspectives. Are, those are my honorable mentions from a different perspective. So KB, why don't you start with number 10? Uh, my number 10 is Mr. Freeze. I, I, I really like Mr. Freeze's character because he's, he's very dramatic. And, and I like that his, his evil is based on love and the love for his wife and always trying to save Nora. You know, he, he even in the show, the games, and like I said, that's basically where I come from. It's always trying to save Nora. So he's this coming up with all these evil schemes, but at the same time, it's always been about his wife. And that's kind of, I, I think that's an interesting uh, story for a villain. So I, I, Mr. Freeze is probably my guy, more for the morals than anything else. On to you, Jay. Jay Free. My number 10. <clears throat> Beware the court of owls that watches all the time. Ruling Gotham from a shadow perch behind granite and lime. They watch you at your hearth. They watch you in your bed. Speak not a whispered word of them or they'll send the talon for your head. My number 10 is the Court of Owls. Now, this is a newer group of Batman Mm -hmm. villains. It was actually created by Scott Snyder when the New 52 launched. Um, I love them. It's a secret organization that has actually been running and ruling Gotham since... It's basically the start of its civilization. Matter of fact, I think it's either Bruce's grandfather or great grandfather was actually murdered by the Court of Owls, and they thought they thought he was going crazy. Um, so it's actually a really cool story. Um, if you want want to kind of read a little bit about them, uh, pick up Batman Volume Two, which is uh, around 2011 issues one through seven. That's the start of the Court of Owls. Really good read. So that's my number ten, Court of Owls. Uh, so on to number nine. My number nine is the Scarecrow. Um, to me, Scarecrow, um, the, the all the toxins that he uses, uh, all the different the different gases. And I, Jay Free and I, if you've listened to if you listen to episode three, we talk about DC Universe, and I like the, there's a level in there with him where he's got all these different uh, fear toxins. You know, ballistic phobia and in 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 uh, was it like the phobia from lightning and the phobia from betrayal and and it's just like all these awesome toxins and a really really <coughs> iconic level in Arkham Asylum. If you remember the Scarecrow fight in Arkham Asylum, that's that's just, amazing. It, it was an amazing amazing fight in Arkham in, in Arkham Asylum. Um, so yeah, so Scarecrow to me, he's just creepy and he's he's evil and he's he, he's um. He's he's also very intelligent, um, so I I, I I really am a big fan of, of the Scarecrow at number nine for me. On to you, Jay Free. My number nine uh, is an orphan that was born and raised in Central America in a Central America island prison. He was self a self taught and ruthless person who underwent an involuntary experimental operation to become a new type of super soldier before breaking free and deciding to take Gotham City from its quote unquote king. The Batman. 
My number nine is a character known as Bane. Now, he's a little higher on my list than I'd like, but I wasn't a huge fan of the Tom Hardy version. I mean, it was cool, but to me it wasn't Bane the way I know Bane. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to know the Bane that took Batman and snapped him in half. The guy that looks like a Mexican luchador. Um, really, really great storyline. Uh, rec- yep, go ahead. So, so the the Dark Knight Bane didn't really do it for you. He he didn't. It's not that he was bad. It's not like it's just because in the Nolan universe they have to do it as a little bit yeah. more realistic. Stick, you yeah. can't be like, oh, I got Venom and it's giving me super soldier, you know, super strength and yeah. all this stuff. They they kind of shied away from, which is fine. Um, you know, but I I. I think that if that's what people like the the general population thinks about mm-hmm. bane when you say that yeah. nine times out of ten because they've seen that movie they're gonna think that's what yeah. bane is and i say that if you want to get a real like litmus test and feeling for what bane is read batman volume one which is from 1993 issues 491 through 497 and then detective comics issue 659 through 663 it's the nightfall storyline where he snaps the batman in half and that leads to the storyline of azrael actually taking batman's place yeah which is a really cool. So that's number nine, Bane. Okay. Um, so on to number eight. My number eight, and and uh, people might say, oh, this, this really isn't, uh, you know, po- it's Poison Ivy. Um, and Poison Ivy's not really, I, I don't know how, how some people feel about her as a villain. Um, I think she's more misunderstood, maybe, than, because, you know, she just has this affection for her plants and everything is about, you know, protecting her plants. Um, DC just did a little interesting miniseries where she she merges plant DNA with human DNA um, and, and is now trying to mother these the, these human plant um, children so to speak um, and it's it, but it was a really good story it was it was pretty good um, and I, I think Ivy is one of those one of those characters that um, it's funny like when her and Batman talk it's like and, and you see this in Gotham with her as a little kid it's like there, there's no like there's a lot of emotion between characters like most characters that Batman interacts with most of the villains. With her, it's just like, eh, hey, Batman, I'm talking to you. You know what I mean? Like, there's no evil plot or anything like that, but yet she's always in trouble, and <laughs> he's always after her. So, um, yeah, so Poison Ivy, um, number eight on my list. Oddly enough, Poison Ivy is my number eight on my list. Um, kind of the same things you said, uh, except for the things where I'll take exception to. I'm not a fan of her on Gotham. I don't like uh, no. I don't like the character they're making. To me, Poison Ivy is all about this, like you said, this botanist who has a, a deep care for, you know, plants and keeping the earth green and all these people are, you know, culling these trees and br- breaking down the rainforest and, you know, basically she has an accident, gets these powers yeah. and she controls she basically can control men's minds. Yeah. She has this like crazy sex appeal over them and then her kiss is poisonous. Yeah, it, but one of the, one of the things with, with her too and I think a lot of the other DC some of these other DC villains is they're all a lot smarter than their personalities sometimes. Show. Yes. Like, like, like you said, she's a botanist. She's a P you know, she's a doctor. She's like a PhD botanist or whatever. And, and I think that and there's a lot of characters like that, that are highly intelligent, um, that aren't just, you know, you're psycho mutated or, or morally, you know, th- like these are people that in real life would know better, <laughs> you know, than to do the things that they're doing. So it, it they're very interesting. Absolutely, she's one of them. Absolutely, yep. and and what I was gonna say is I have that those that mini series. I haven't read it yet. It's it's, it's on my uh, it's on my iPad to read. I think there's one more issue. Okay, um, but other recommended reading: Batman and Poison Ivy: Cast Shadows from 2004, the graphic novel. It's a good read. Oh, I'll have to check that so out. So that's that's my uh, number eight, Poison Ivy. Cool. Um, so my um my number seven <coughs> is uh, Two Face, Harvey Dent. I I just love the flip of the coin. 
that everything is based on chance, that the only logical path in life is based on chance. And he firmly, truly believes this. And I, in his art, you know, kind of just the origin, I think he's one of those characters that we have a very clear origin on, you know, unlike some of the other characters in the Batman universe. Um, so with him, it's like, you know, here he was, the, you know, this, this guy fighting for, you know, fighting for all the right things. And all of a sudden, you know, this incident happens, and he is now, you know, everything's left to chance. So his villainy, it's kind of funny when when the coin sometimes flips in in the, the more, because it does happen sometimes, right? Where the coin flips in a path that's more favorable and not favorable to him. And it's just strange how he, how the, how those things come, come about. And um, so, yeah, so I, I, I really like Two-Face and I, I think he, he was really good in the, I, I liked him in the Arkham, um, the Arkham Knight game and all the bank robberies and stuff. Like they did his character very well. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm a big, big fan of Two-Face. He's my number seven. Two-Face is on my list. Uh, I'll get to him a little bit later. Uh, but my number seven, Raish Al Ghul. Um, and this is not... I forgot about the Al Ghuls. Did you? I, you I, forgot, I, about? I forgot about I'm them. not talking about the crappy version that was on the Arrow TV series when they tried to make Oliver, Batman, and oh, you need to be the new lead, leader of the League of Assassins. Not that And one. you're not talking the Batman Begins one either, are you? Uh, I don't mind that one. I don't mind the Batman Begins, like that iteration of him. That's not yeah. bad. But what I'm talking about is the immortal Lazarus Pit. Mm-hmm. I have a mortal injury. I'm going to go in the Lazarus Pit and come out even more insane. I want to rule the world. I want to give the world a fresh start over and bring down civilizations. But, oh, Batman is probably the greatest mind I'll ever meet, and he's a worthy adversary. I have to bring him into the fold. I have to have him couple up with my daughter and produce me an mm-hmm. heir. That Raish al Ghul is amazing. Plus, it gave us Talia, and it gave us Damian Wayne in the comic yeah. books, and that's absolutely awesome. Uh, take a look, if you can, a little some older stuff. There's Batman Tales of the Demon. It's a trade paperback, as well as uh, JLA Tower of Babel, which is a great storyline. That's the JLA issues 43 through 46. Jay Free, you're going to have to give me your list after the show. Yeah, I will. I'll, I'll hand you this. It's some, <laughs> there's some good reading here. But that's my number seven, Raish al Ghul. Cool. Uh, so on to number six. My number six, and this is one of Jay Free's honorable mentions, is Harley Quinn. I, Harley Quinn now again is another one of those characters that is so smart because she is a what is she's a psychiatrist, right? So, um, you know she she's intelligent and she's it's it's how the Joker twists her, how the Joker takes somebody who's so intelligent and just twists her into to do whatever that he wants. Um, so I think a lot of people are thinking of the Harley Quinn now. I think like Jay Free was saying off, off, this, off the show is, you know, she's kind of the anti-hero. She's kind of like the Deadpool of the, of, of the DC universe, which is understandable. And I think DC probably did need somebody like that because they, they never really had like a Wolverine or a character like that. So, so, so kind of having that anti-hero kind of thing is, is, is something maybe they need. But, but she is always after the bats with the same intensity as the Joker. And that's why she's on my list because, you know, she, she's, she's controlled by the Joker. Basically she does anything. The Joker says she has this undying affection for him, no matter how bad he treats her, no matter what he does to her. Um, you know, she's always, um, she's always just willing to do whatever the man says. Um, so yeah, so for me, you know, she, she's just, um, she's just a hell of a character, and now she has taken on, like I said, that that, that persona of the of the anti-hero, and um, you know, I I just you know call me a follower, a bandwagoner, or whatever. No, I no, I mean I love, love her character. too. I love the character too. Yep. I just I think 
you hit all the right points. I think now she's more of an anti-hero. Same thing yep. with the Red Hood. Yep. The Red Hood's like the Punisher now of the DC universe. Yep. And that's cool, but I wouldn't consider Punisher a villain. Yeah. Even though like Spider-Man would fight the Punisher because he's evil or he's killing people, guess what? He's still killing the bad guys, yeah. as is the Red Hood. Now Harley is becoming more of a hero going after bad guys and less about Batman. And I think... I understand it because she's such a popular character and she, you know, was created on the animated series back in the early 90s and she's amazing. She's a great character. I agree. I just don't I, personally for me she's yeah. not a, a villain in the, the traditional sense of the word. Yep. So uh yep, so she's my uh, number 6. My number 6, uh KB you already touched upon it, so I won't add too too much. Mr. Freeze. I love that he's a tragic villain. Mm-hmm. Um and as you mentioned, all he wants to do is save the life of Nora. Yeah. Nora, his wife, Nora Freeze. Um, they kind of twisted it when the new 52 launched and the fact that he made up, it was the same yeah. backstory, except Nora Freeze never existed and he was just his psychosis that was making her. And I hated that yeah. twist. It, like, you didn't need to change that it, story. You know, on, on Gotham, as over as over the top the show, you know, as you see the show as being over the top, that one they actually kind of did pretty well on. No, I love, I, that was a great story. I loved um, seeing, yeah. and again, to me though, and, and not to retread on Gotham here, but like all of this should be happening as Bruce Wayne is Batman. Yeah. That's that's my issue with it. Is he needs to become he needs to become Mr. Freeze because he's working for Wayne Tech where Bruce Wayne is in charge of the whole yep. company and then the shit goes down and then he kind of resents yeah. the whole thing and they're doing all of it they're kind of like putting the cart before the horse. But yep. I don't I don't want to get too much into no. that. Um I don't really have a great Mr. Freeze story, but if you go back to the Batman animated series, mm-hmm. Watch Heart of Ice. It's probably one of the most chilling, no pun intended, episodes of Batman. It's like so adult. The Batman, the animated series, Heart of Ice. Such a great episode. I highly recommend you check that out. So that's my number six, Mr. Freeze. Cool. Um, So on to my number five. My number five, again, is one of those those characters that Jay Freeze is probably not considering a villain, but that's Catwoman. Um, I think Catwoman is... um, (sighs) she gets away with a lot of things with Batman. And the reason why I still feel like she's still a villain, even though, you know, she's kind of an anti-hero, is um, she gets in Batman's head. And I think other than the Joker, what other characters can you say really, really, really get in Batman's psyche? I, I, I think in, in the tension between the two of them, um, that, that, that sexual tension <laughs> that, that um, you know, you see it in the movie, you see it in the comics, you see a little bit of it in the games, you see that all over the place. And I think that it's a distraction to Batman. And Batman's always so focused on his craft and what he does. And, like, even with the Joker, like, he's so focused on the Joker. But Catwoman can take him off his game. And I think that's, that's a bit of a powerful position for a villain. Um, and, 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 and she can sway him a little bit. Um, so, yeah, so I know she's only, you know, a crook, a robber, whatever. Um, but like I said, I think her influence on Batman, um, is, is basically, you know, she, she, she has a different, um, she can have a different control over him than, you know, than the other villains. So, um, yeah, so she's my number five. My number five. I'm going to actually tell you the reading first. Go check out Batman issues 608 through 609. It's drawn by Jim Lee. The pages Your are the art is the art is phenomenal. The storyline is great. The villain of that particular arc is a character called Hush. Hush, Tommy Thomas Elliot, 
uh, or Thomas Elliot, a.k.a. Tommy, was a childhood friend of Bruce Wayne. They used to play chess together. And mm-hmm. Tommy would always beat Bruce because he would always think four or five steps ahead of Bruce. And he would always tell Bruce, you can't be thinking your next move. You have to be thinking five moves ahead, which I think is very ironic because that's how Batman operates yep. now. Um, but Tommy actually ended up cutting his parents' brake line on their car because he wanted them to die so they could inherit their fortune. Bruce's dad, a surgeon, ended up saving the life of Tommy's mother where his father perished, and he had to wait for his mother to die of natural causes before he could inherit all the money, and for that, he hated Bruce Wayne. He ended up going off and getting a his own... Uh, he went got his PhD, his master's. He became a physician and a surgeon himself, and then he ended up his ca- whole costume is bandages wrapped around his face. But his storyline from that Batman uh, six oh eight through six nineteen actually brought back. Did you say six nineteen or six oh nine? Six six oh eight through six nineteen. I I'm thought sorry. you said six oh nine. Yeah, six six oh eight okay. through six nineteen. Uh, it actually brought back. It actually started the ball rolling on bringing back Jason Todd into the DC universe um, as the Red Hood and. Uh, the cool thing is stories after that happened is he ended up doing surgery on his own face to look like Bruce Wayne and started taking over Bruce's endeavors and his businesses and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, I'd so it's a really cool, you were talking about getting in uh, Bruce's head, like who else? But like one of your best friends as a child is now a, a hated enemy. But does but see, now I'm not as familiar with the storyline as you are. Um, so does he, do him and Bruce Wayne still talk as they're, you know, as Bruce Wayne in... His character, or like, no. does, does Bruce Wayne know that he's Hush? Yes, and and Hush okay, Thomas Elliot knows Bruce Wayne is Batman, Batman. so they hate each other. And, and so and so and it's one of those things like Hush isn't telling the other villains though because Hush wants to destroy Batman. Not we'll get into that. We'll okay. get into that. All right, laid it on the pick, but that's my number five, Hush. Cool. Uh, moving on to my number four. Uh, my number four is Bane. Um, and and again, not the not the Bane, not the not the Bane from you know the Dark Knight uh, trilogy, not, not not that Bane, the backbreaking Bane. I, I think that that is just Bane. When when you want to see Batman fight, like actually fight, I feel like Bane is the character. Like a lot of his other nemesis, um, you know, the Penguin, the Riddler, the Joker, the Two Face. Like, um, you don't see him fight those characters. Like when Bane's in something, you know it's a fight. And and that's what I like is that we see Batman with all of his stealthiness and his intelligence. But Bane is Bane and maybe Kill Croc's probably the other one, which, you know, isn't on my list. But um, you know, I, I like sometimes just seeing Batman really go at it, go toe to toe with somebody, versus all the, you know, uh, uh stealthy, you know, intelligent detective tech stuff. Like this is like no raw hand to hand combat. And, and and I think that's one of the things and, and Bane is just so um, now, now I don't know as much as the backstory on Bane as as you do. So what what was what's Bane's original um, problem with Batman as a whole? So basically, what happens is he's born into a prison in Central America because his father committed a crime, yep. and in this this town or this city, whatever you want to call it, this village, even though now the father's dead, the son has to continue on for the punishment. Yep. So the kids brought in the he's brought up in this prison as this he's already yeah. tough and and raised in prison life then he basically kind of like a captain america thing they put like this venom yeah. or this super soldier serum type of thing into him that ha- he has to keep injecting and it kind of like you know morphs his body and he yeah. becomes this big jack dude 
Um, from there, he just, you know, he kind of takes over the prison and he's like, I want to topple, I want a, a kingdom. And what else, what better kingdom than to take down the Batman? Okay. You know, the Gotham is where I want to it, be. It's, it's him taking over Gotham. Then. Yeah, it's, I want to take over Gotham. Main. And, and God, Batman is the king who keeps everybody in line. I'm going to make a statement and take the Batman, Batman out. And, and then I'll control Gotham. Gotcha. Yeah, so so Bane, and, and I think the, the images of him breaking Batman's back. Or Crazy, or iconic. Yeah. So, so that's why he's he's so high on my list. Um. So yeah. So he's my number four. My number four. You've already talked about. Uh, Harvey Dent, Two Face. Uh, again, another tragic character. All the best villains are super tragic. Um, it's kind of like the good cop and the bad cop, the mm-hmm. Jekyll and the Hyde. Uh, you mentioned flipping the coin. Yes. Is what would Harvey Dent do with the the heads? That's okay. And then the scratched heads, the scarred side, yep. what would Two-Face do? And it's just, it's such a cool way. Like, yeah, that image of him flipping the coin is sick. Um, I really, really like that. And I have a ton of recommended reading uh, for Two-Face. Read The Long Halloween. That trade paperback or graphic novel, wherever you can, or even mm-hmm. the, just the, the individual issues where you can get that story arc. The Long Halloween is probably one of the best Batman stories out there. And it really explores the psyche of Harvey Dent, and it's the, pretty much the quintessential origin story, yeah. where basically, um, so that is the original or yeah. The so basically, uh, in the Dark Knight movie, mm-hmm. uh, they took pieces of that in the animated series. They mm-hmm. took pieces of together. that. Yeah, they they took that the, the origin story about the mobster throwing the acid on his face in the courtroom and the folder coming up and blocking half the face, and it caused him to snap. It's a really good story. Um, and then for if you watch Batman the animated series. It's actually a two-parter called Two Face, and it's like I think it's the first season. Um, it's just really tragic that the, he has this like beautiful mm. fiance, and he's he's got everything going for him, but he can't get over his psychological issues. He's going to therapy for it, and then it just he just snaps. And the, the really tragic piece about that is in the storyline there, him and Bruce Wayne are really really good friends. They yeah. were like either college buddies together, or they were like they grew up together, and they're really tight friends in their social circles, and now. Harvey's gone off the deep end and has become Two-Face. Mm. I just think it's a really cool yeah. uh, episode. So that's my number four, Two-Face. Cool. Um, so my number three. My number three has to be the Riddler. Um, so the Riddler, now, <laughs> I know we talked about getting in Batman's mind. Um, the Riddler, I, I don't think, he gets in Batman's mind, but in a different way. He, he challenges Batman with his riddles. And I... I <laughs> It, it really puts it's it's the you know how it's like oh well you know Bane is you know when you want to see Batman go toe to toe physically with somebody it's Bane when you want to see Batman go toe to toe in just mental and intelligence it's the Riddler because um, I th- I think the the Riddler with all with all of his riddles and all of the 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 ways that he 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 drives Batman crazy with some of these some of these things um, really just puts Batman to the test um, and the and I, I will say, you know, and I, I hate going back to Gotham all the time, but the Edward Nigma in, in Gotham is is what I picture the Riddler, this this crazy person who's just so intelligent. And it's almost like his intelligence goes to waste um, because he's, you know, he, he, he's so focused on, um, you know, the, the evil that he does. Because you see how brilliant this man is in the beginning of that show. And then as after, as things go on and he, you know, starts doing the evil deeds and the, you know, the, 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 voice in his head takes over um you know it, it's like that brilliant psycho he's that brilliant psycho that you don't want anything you don't want to be anywhere um around and the thing about the riddler there's so many versions of him um so I, you know my favorite version of him 
is is honestly the Gotham version as far as TV games things like that. Um, so yeah, so Riddler is my number three. My number three, Jonathan Crane, aka the Scarecrow. I love the the top three, yeah. and I should mention my my top three villains are pretty much interchangeable. I love them all so much, yeah. but the Scarecrow to me is just another different type of villain because Batman to the common criminal, even to like some of the other supervillains, Batman's this scary, scary dude. Like you know, yeah. he's he's this terror that just goes through and like frightens everybody. Yeah, Scarecrow is fear personified. He. Yeah. Is obsessed with it, you know. Jonathan Crane, as a, as a psychiatrist, is obsessed with fear. Um, there's a really cool episode. Um, it's uh, of the TV show, this animated series, uh, but it's not Batman. The animated series after it became the New Adventures of Batman or the New Batman Adventures. It's one called Never Fear. They redesigned his costume. First of all, he looks like a freaking psychopath. It looks amazing, and it's actually based off a storyline from the comic books, where basically the Scarecrow is selling anti-fear gas to different athletes and other people so they're not afraid and they'll just they'll push themselves further and he's making a profit of it he ends up injecting batman with it and batman now has no fear and without this fear he almost murders all these criminals he beats the crap out of them hospitalizes them paralyzes it, it them. interferes with his moral uh so it's a really cool just kind of like more of a uh from like a psychiatric or a philosophical standpoint does Batman not kill criminals because he's afraid of what he would become when he does so? Without that anti, without that fear, with that anti-fear gas, we're kind of given a little bit more into Batman's psyche that he is willing to go lethal yeah. and hurt somebody. So I just think it's a really cool story. That's my number three, Scarecrow. Okay, uh, on to my number two. Um, is my number two is the Penguin. Um, the Penguin to me is. I mean, from Danny DeVito's Penguin to the, the the Robin Lord Taylor Penguin to the video game Penguin, the Penguin is somebody who has no he he's the he's the kid that always was bullied growing up who said I've had enough, I've had enough, and I'm going to control my life. I'm going to do this, and he he, he is so smart and so devious and so. And he's he's not a physical specimen of any kind, as we've seen in, in many different versions of him. He's just so ruthless. And he 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 gets people to follow him because of that ruthlessness. He is probably out of all the villains, I think he's the truest leader. Of like if you put all those villains together, like you know, like, like I know the Joker has led people before, you know, he leads people. But Joker leads people with charisma and, and people are just scared. Where like the penguin is very ruthless and intelligent, and I think that that he's just so um, willing to do whatever it takes, and he can he can play with people's minds, and and and, and work uh, to just make things go in his favor. He, he he plans well, he strategizes, so he's always a good challenge for Batman. Um, but he he's also he's also just um, an interesting character to look at. You know, uh, I, I all the drawings of him, all the different ways he's he, he's been drawn. I, I think it just they really they really um they're really interesting. The DeVito Penguin to me was kind of scary looking when I was a kid. I don't know about you, but he was kind of yeah. I mean, creepy he, he was kind of a, a product of the t whole Tim Burton. Ta yeah, the, the, Tim the Burton era. Yeah, kind of the pointy nose and the yeah. Fun little fact: uh, Paul Rubens in Batman Returns played the father of the baby penguin that they threw into the river. Okay, and Paul Rubin 
play Paul Rubens played his father, uh, Robin Lloyd Taylor's father in Gotham this season. Oh, so it's kind of a little continuity where he plays the father in the movie. Oh, yeah, and then he plays the father of, of Oswald in Gotham. Didn't even think of that. Um, yeah, so uh, yeah, so uh, Penguin's my number two. Well, I have a feeling I know what your number one's going to be. Um, yeah. yeah, I think your number one and is my number two. Uh, my number two is the Joker. Um, if you really think about Batman, the Joker is kind of the other side of the coin, the mirror image yep. of Batman. Um, you know, Batman represents order. Joker is all about chaos, as we heard in the opening with the, the Heath Ledger version. And, you know, he's about chaos. But the thing is, Batman needs the Joker as much as he hates to admit it. He needs it because the, that way he's ensuring his mission as Batman will always continue. As long as there's a Joker, there's going to be a Batman. As long as there's a Batman, there's always going to be a Joker. And I think that's just a really, really cool concept. Um, just some quick essential reading for you guys. Uh, Kevin, you mentioned earlier Harley Quinn. There's a On the TV show, there's a couple episodes, but they also turned it into a comic book. It's called Mad Love. Yep. Great read. It really shows how the Joker manipulated... Uh, Harley Quinn. Thank you, Harley. But no, I'm trying to think of her. Harleen Quinzel. Quinzel, yep. As a uh, you know, as she was a an intern in Arkham, as a psychiatrist, and he basically manipulated her into falling in love with him. Yeah, I actually, I actually seen that there was a Harley Quinn one shot back in 2012 with the New 52 stuff. Yeah, yeah. With yeah. The Villains Month stuff. I yeah. think that same story's in there. I think the Mad Love is like a yeah, it's like a 96. Yeah. I think it's from 1996. But um, it's a reiteration. Of other story. other super important Joker stories. Uh, Death in the Family, which is Batman Volume 1, issues 426 through 429, where mm-hmm. basically he beats the shit out of Jason Todd with a, a crowbar yep. and leaves him to die. And yep. See, and I, I know a little bit about that just through the video game. So. And then uh, we actually played the trailer for you here, The Killing Joke. Yep. That is a, probably the best Joker story you'll ever read. It's I think it's the, the, the best origin story for him. He, we, we talked about how he has multiple different origins, and you never know which one's the real one, and he can kind of lead you on. But that, to me, the, the Killing Joke is an absolute masterpiece of a story. So definitely check that out. Or watch the movie when it comes. Or do both. Do both. Yeah. Watch the you movie. You should do both. And then see where, the, yeah. where, where it came from. See the source material. But that's my number two, The Joker. Yep. So, um, so yeah. So as Jeffrey was saying, probably my number one. And, yes, The Joker is my number one. Um, <clears throat> like Jeffrey was saying, you know, without, without Joker – you know they need each other batman and joker always need each other and we see this like we we've seen it most recently um in arkham knight uh you know the arkham knight where joker's in batman's blood a joker's in his head and it's like that was such a cool concept it's like it's like joker's dead but no he's not he's in batman's blood always gonna be there and he's always gonna be there and he they drive each other They, they they absolutely drive each other to do the things that they do um, and in the killing joke, you know, where, 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 what is it? He's like, you know, you know, I'm going to kill you and, and you know, you're going to, yeah, yeah, either, you know, maybe you'll kill, kill me, me or me, I'll, I'll kill you. you. Yeah. We don't, we don't know how it's going to end. The yin and the yang. It, it, it really is. Um, and he's, he's just so insane and he's all of, have there been really bad versions of the Joker in, in movies and stuff? Like. Not, not, not to my really. knowledge. There's, there's one animated flick. I can't remember it off the top of my head where the Joker is in it, and I'm just like, oh, this is. There's been so many good versions. Yeah. Like even, even though you know, even from the campiness of the 1960s Batman, yeah. the Adam West Batman, like uh, Cesar Romero was like an over the top Joker. Yeah. Can't, even that is like amazing like yeah. you know for what it was like for for that, that time. And, yeah. Nicholson in the Burton movie yes. in '89, Heath Ledger. 
Well, the Heath Ledger thing, that that was a whole other level. We wrote it. And then Mark Hamill in the animated it, series. I, like, I think of Ledger and Hamill. Like, yeah. like those are the two guys that I think, and, and what Hamill's done for it is, is just, it's just unbelievable. We'll have to see what, how uh, yeah. Leto, Leto does uh, in this, the yeah, Suicide like Squad. Yeah, like the Suicide Squad may hinge on Leto's performance. Um, so, yeah, so the, the Joker is just, he's just that guy that you need. And then there was, um, what was the, uh, there was a four issue done recently uh, where Batman and Joker, they had, they, they were supposed to have um, a, uh, something in them that was killing them was Euphora. I, I don't know I don't know this yeah this, uh, yeah series. yeah there's a good there's a good there was a good four issue series called Euphora that was out it was the Batman and Joker and they had uh, something in them that was killing them killing them both and they're trying to find the person who infected them and and I I, I gotta go back and read it because it's been a while now um, for the ending but it was just I just remember it being a really good story like you said Batman and what you were alluding to they yeah. need each other check out um if you're if you're gonna be rereading that check out um it's called Endgame by Scott Snyder yep. it's in the current Batman series that's ending as they're doing the whole rebirth thing but yep. Scott Snyder's last I think it's like issues like 44 through 50 yep. such a good story such okay. a good story um actually it's even before that Endgame was Endgame was good but there's a, there's a Joker story basically where he he plays this whole mind game that mm-hmm. maybe Joker's been around for millennia and he's just That's been interesting hiding in, in plain sight type of thing and it's, it makes you think yeah it's really really cool and there's some there's some other things that you and I are going to talk about off air regarding the Joker that I don't know if you know yet, and uh, I don't want to spoil it for the listeners because we'll be probably be doing a whole rebirth uh, show down the line. Yep. But uh, yeah, there's some good stuff coming down the line. Cool. So that was my number one, Joker. My number one um, is Edward Nashton, aka Edward Nigma, aka okay. the Riddler. The Riddler is by far my favorite Batman villain of all time. I loved him in the Frank Gorshin version, as I mentioned, the mm-hmm. 1960s Batman, the Adam West. I loved Frank Gorshin, like the riddles. Uh, just the, he was all so animated, so over the top. Um, and like while most villains are very physical with Batman, even like the Joker to an extent, Two Face, Bane, Killer yeah. Croc, uh, you know, all those villains are, are more like you know trying to fight it out with Batman, and he knows all these different types of martial arts and yeah. self defense things. The Riddler is obsessed with pulling one over on Batman and outsmarting him. And he challenges Batman intellectually. And I love that. It's so different. Um, He, yeah, he just has this uh, like unhealthy obsession that he has to be the best. There's plenty of good reading for the Riddler. Um, I mentioned earlier the Hush storyline where Hush was the villain. The Riddler is the one that orchestrated the whole thing. Having figured out Batman's identity as Bruce Wayne, he let Hush know. The whole storyline was dying of a brain tumor the riddler went into a lazarus pit without the permission of rachel ghoul cured himself and when, when you get come out of that lazarus pit you have this whole like moment of clarity mm-hmm. as well as this craziness that like takes over you and in that moment of clarity he figured out that batman and bruce wayne were the same person so he set up this whole thing with all of batman's villains throughout this whole hush story arc he sought out tommy elliott and told him and created the hush persona and brought all this back into play and set this whole thing up to get Batman. And then at the end of the story, spoiler alert, but it's been out for almost 12 years now. <laughs> um, he basically, he's in Arkham, Batman catches him and he's like, I know your secret, Bruce. And Batman just looks at him and says, but you'll never tell anybody because what good is a riddle where everybody knows the answer? <laughs> and he That's gets awesome. him at the last minute and it's so good. A couple other uh, episodes of Batman, the animated series, 
Uh, there's a one that introduces the Riddler, which is a great introduction called If You're So Smart, Why Aren't You Rich? Where basically Edward Nigma creates all these games for this uh, company, this gaming company. Mm-hmm. And they basically take all idea, all his ideas and fire him. <laughs> and then he gets revenge by creating this persona and going after the boss of that company. And then Batman gets involved and it gives Riddler a new challenge. But then there's also an episode called Riddler's Reform. Mm-hmm. And that to me kind of epitomizes what this character is all about he reforms and he starts creating toys for kids like riddle games like oh separate these rings and things about blocks and all this stuff but he's actually doing some crime in the background and batman finds out and he ends up trapping batman in an inescapable room and the room blows up and he thinks he's won and he burns his riddler costume at the end of it says well there's no need for this anymore i finally conquered my greatest challenge and then batman shows up and arrests him and he doesn't even care that he's being arrested. He just wants to know, how did you get out of that room? There was no way to escape. That's impossible. And Batman says, well, that's one riddle you'll never figure out. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, my God. Like that, That's crazy. Like The fact that he, he has this obsession, it's amazing. So that's why Riddler is my number one pick. What, okay, one question. Yeah. What, what is your favorite um, live version of the Riddler? I'm, I am liking what they're doing with Gotham yeah. right now. Um, I'm not going to check in my geek card and say Jim Carrey and Batman yeah, Forever. Yeah. That was horrible. Yeah. Um, I liked it at the time because I was like 13. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if there's been a really good uh, Riddler. Like, they, they haven't really gone Riddler. They've gone, yeah. uh, you know, Nigma in Gotham. I'm curious yeah. to see what happens. There were rumors that if there was going to be another Batman movie by Nolan, it would, Johnny Depp would have played the Riddler. And I would have loved... To have seen how he did that, I I I'm a big fan of Johnny Depp, so I'd love to. I'd be interested to see how he plays the Riddler. That's I, I guess it depends who's directing it, right? Yeah. Well, it was going to be yeah. another Nolan. It was going to yeah. be a continuation I mean, after Nolan. that. Yeah. One, so. so, but I think we got. I think we got. Um, the actually, I don't think it was supposed to be the fourth one. I think it was supposed to be the third. The third one after the Dark Knight, but then because they were going to wrap up the trilogy, I think they brought Bane in it instead yeah. and stuff. But yeah, that's that's so that's that's our list. That's the final yeah. countdown. It's a good list. Well, we're we're in super overtime yeah. right now, but there's a couple other things I want to do. Um, before we head out, I'm going to play a little clip here. Uh, folks, this is actually from a Star Wars celebration. In honor of KB's number one pick, this is Mark Hamill performing a scene, re- reenacting a scene years and years later from Batman the Animated Series. This is where, as we talked about last week on our, our show last week, all about our top ten cartoons, there's an episode of Batman, the animated series uh, called The Man Who Killed Batman, where this guy, Sid, who's nothing but just this bumbling idiot who's also gonna supposed to be a lookout while a crime gets committed, believes he accidentally killed Batman. And all the evidence points to that Batman is actually gone. So the Joker has a mock funeral for Batman, and he drops a coffin in a vat of acid. And he gets really mad at Sid the Squid for taking away his victory over Batman and puts Sid in the coffin and lowers it into the acid. And it's a really cool episode, but during Star Wars Celebration, Mark Hamill took the script and reenacted it in the Joker voice, and that's what I want to play for you right now. Dear friends, today is the day the clown cried. But he cried, not for the passing of one man, but for the death of a dream. The dream that one day he would taste victory over his hated enemy, 
because it was the Batman that made me the happy soul I am today. <sighs> how I agonized over how to thank him for that, perhaps with a cyanide pie in the face. <laughs> such a fan yeah. such a fan of that that was uh, as i mentioned that's uh during a uh, star wars celebration mark hamill just reprising his role as the joker from the animated series and just doing that that soliloquy all over again and it's so good so good he's he's amazing yeah he he is the voice of the joker yeah i, I mean i don't think there's too much else to say um a little bit later we're going to be going out with uh, i mentioned batman forever there is a song from that album for my number one pick called The Riddler. It's done by Method Man, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we go, uh, KB, do you have uh, anything you want to... Just really happy to get a lot off my chest today with that Batman vs. Superman movie. I'm, I'm glad. I'm and glad. I, I, hope, I hope some other people are feeling better about it Well, I, I'm curious to, to hear what you folks think. Um, you know, Instagram, jfree82. Um, we're going to try to maybe eventually make one for the, the podcast. But Twitter... Twitter, Twitter, Twitter. Uh, free your geek. F R E E Y O U R G E E K. If you go on Twitter, you look us up. Tweet at us. Tell us if you like the show, hate the show. Just don't be a dick. Give us criticism. We can take it. How do we make the show better? How do we make it even better than it is now? Because I think it's pretty damn good. Um, but yeah, check us out on Twitter. Tweet at us. Um, and then our websites. Uh, you know, we have uh, Free Your Geek, the f- uh, podcast on Facebook. And we also have Jay Free the Geek, which is my personal one, but it links back to certain blogs that I write. I have a blog called Geek Speak, where I talk about geeky shit. I have a wrestling blog. I have just a blog where I just write about random crap. And You're just I, doing it all, man. Yeah, I'm just I'm trying to I'm trying to be all encompassing, man. But yeah, JayFreeTheGeek.com, and then Free Your Geek podcast page on Facebook. Like it, share it, share this podcast, share it with your friends. Do you have anybody that's a Batman or a Batman villains fan? Share this podcast with them. Get us out there. Um, this is what we call lighting up the bat yep. signal. This is our call to action. Yeah. This is what we want you to do. Like it, share it, listen, rate, review. Download. We're on iTunes. Download it. Let's get those hits. Um, so we're going to go out today not with our normal outro. We're going to be going out with a song called The Riddler from Method Man. Thanks, folks. Start your weekend with your geek friends. That's that's great. Um, should we talk about that actually before we go out? Do we want to talk about the Monday thing? Or do you want to... Not even talk about that. 
we won't even talk about that. We'll we'll talk about the Monday thing a little bit later on another show. But um, yeah, start the weekend with your geek friends. Get your geek on. He's taking all my catchphrases. I have to take your lines. <laughs> all right, this is the Riddler from Method Man. That crossword is puzzling. Yeah. Uh, see, that's what I'm when you take the Johnny Blaze and you take that D and you pluck that D into the Bobby Steels, now you are playing with power. With power. Power. I got your mind twisted. Unrealistic wavelength draining all your brain strength inflicted. Crosswords puzzling your doubt, questioning your own mental health. Yeah, it's like a maze within itself. Yeah, check the grimy, slimy, slimy, criminal menial individuality. Searching for the dark night, lurking in the shadows of the city. He wrote with Jiggy, my crime committee, robbing every coffin, piggy bank blind. Take a journey through the mind of a rag. A price to get the ice, not a problem. A body for a price, not a problem. The red once again, the mind bender. Three time felony offender, demented. Brain cemented, mixed in the blender. Illusion, mass confusion, question mark, losing. What, where, why, who's in? Quit, time to ask yourself who it is. be you know, underhanded bitch. Invaded brothers, wait. Corrupting, bringing all the misery and suffering Pain you couldn't cure with the buffering Rotating, ridiculous, rapid fire riddle Back get trapped in the middle of the red block Tell the jam there ain't no sequel, not a problem Big up to all my people's not a problem It's the red line Observe if you will I'm in my hideout in the back of the hills I crack a ball and I caught about the mill Co-defendants Johnny Blaze and Bobby Stills We was blazing hot Turn the corner, you can hear the wheels square On that ass fast was the Batmobile I can tell by the demon on the grill This was real Alley cat screaming I had the trash can garbage everywhere Money buying out the bags and trying to escape. Hold on with the cake, or else he'd be headed upstate. It's the red love. Talking suicide, not a problem. If we speaking homicide, not a problem. You wanna talk in the side, not a problem. That's no problem. The red love. No love. Roll it out. No love. Let me